Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may be able to prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. Romans 12.2 This is Resistance and Reformation on the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. Just one generation after Patrick had carried the gospel of Christ to Ireland, Columba was born in the Irish town of Donegal in 521. He was a member of a high chieftain's family, though his parents were devout Christians, and as a boy, Columba attended the very first church established by Patrick. Columba was eventually ordained and established several churches and monasteries in Ireland, but in 563, he left his native land and went on pilgrimage for Christ. With 12 companions, he sailed to Iona, a rugged island just off the west coast of Scotland. There, he established a monastery which would serve as a base of evangelism, among the barbarian Scots and the Picts. He and his pioneer evangelists courageously preached to these fierce people who were still under the strong influence of the Druidic religion. Brood, king of the Picts, was converted under Columbus' influence, and Christianity began to spread quickly and have a strong influence on the region. The monastery Columba founded at Iona became a center of learning and piety in a day when the Roman church was becoming more ceremonial and priestly. The school at Iona emphasized the Bible as the sole rule of faith. For these Celtic Christians, Christ alone was the head of the church. They did not follow the hierarchical authority or the liturgical ceremonies of the Roman church. From Iona, a vast number of missionaries eventually went out to what are today the lands of Holland, France, Switzerland, and Germany. As a result, the island became a favorite burying place for kings. More than 70 Irish, Scots, Norse, Dutch, and Flemish kings were eventually interred within its beloved confines. There is even substantial evidence that the intrepid Celtic missionaries crossed the Atlantic and to the shores of North America long before the time of Columbus and even long before the time of Leif Erikson. Tales like The Voyage of Brendan abound. They tell of 6th and 7th century Irish, Welsh, and Scots missionaries crossing the Atlantic in Caracas, small sailing skiffs with wood ribbing and covered in oiled hides, dismissed by many scholars as little more than early medieval fantasy, there is now good reason to believe that some of the astonishing adventures described in the tales are factual. Inscriptions, monuments, and other archaeological artifacts have been discovered in West Virginia, in Tennessee, through the Ohio Valley, and up the Missouri River to the Dakotas. In Europe, the Irish monks established mission stations down the Moselle, along the Vosage, and to the Rhine, up into the Alps. 
Today, the Abbey of St. Gallen, located in the high mountains above Zurich and Lake Constance, is a UNESCO World Heritage Site. But for a millennium, the monks who lived there served as the grandfathers of European culture. Historians typically describe the years between the fall of Rome at the beginning of the 5th century to the dawning of the Renaissance at the beginning of the 15th century as the Dark Ages, as if the light of civilization had been unceremoniously snuffed out. It has been similarly dubbed the Middle Ages, as if it were a gaping parenthesis in mankind's long upward march to modernity. But it was, in fact, anything but dark or middling. Perhaps our greatest fault in the modern era is that we have limited ourselves by a parochialism in time. It is difficult for us to attribute anything but backwardness to those epics and cultures that do not share our goals or aspirations. The medieval period was actually quite remarkable for its many advances, perhaps unparalleled in all of history. It was a true nascence, while the epic that followed was but a renaissance. It was a new and living thing that gave flower to a culture marked by energy and creativity, To be sure, the medieval world was racked with poverty, plagues, and petty wars, much like our own day. It was haunted by superstition, prejudice, and corruption, as is the modern era. But the titanic innovations medievalism brought forth were legion. It gave birth to universities like Oxford and Cambridge. It oversaw the establishment of hospitals like St. Bartholomew's and Bedlam in London. It gave us the world's most celebrated artists, the splendor of Gothic architecture, and some of the greatest minds and most fascinating lives mankind has yet known. Were the list not so sterling, it might begin to be tedious. Aden, Cuthbert, Bede, Cadman, Finian, Palladius, Alfred, Beckett, Ockham, Alcuin, Chaucer, Gaunt, and Wycliffe. But of all of the great innovations that medievalism wrought, the greatest of all was spiritual. Medieval culture was the first and foremost Christian culture. Its life was shaped almost entirely by Christian concerns. Virtually all of its achievements were submitted to the cause of the gospel, from cathedrals and chivalry to holy crusades and courtly noblesse. Nearly every manifestation of its presence was somehow tied to its utter and complete obedience to Christ's kingdom. Indeed, spiritual concerns played a larger role in the lives of medieval men and women than at almost any other time before or since, and to one degree or another, the thriving of Christian civilization in this age of tumultuous change was attributable to the evangelistic work of men like Columba. In the chaotic days following the collapse of Roman hegemony, as Germanic tribes ransacked the old centers of learning on the continent, Irish monks on Iona 
set about preserving all of the best books, the best ideas, and the best artistic traditions of the classical world. They created libraries, and they invented new scripts, copying techniques, and musical traditions, all aimed at preserving, even saving, the richest legacy of the ancient world. Indeed, as Thomas Cahill asserted, the great heritage of Western civilization, from the Greek and Roman classics to the Jewish and Christian works, would have been utterly lost were it not for the holy men and women of unconquered Ireland. Sending out the missionaries from Iona to the ends of the earth, the Irish pioneers established centers of learning that then became incubators for the whole of the medieval civilization. Amidst the ashes of the Roman catastrophe, they laid the foundations for what would become a glorious, phoenix-like flowering of art, music, literature, and ideas unlike anything the world had ever seen before. The Irish did indeed save civilization, and they made the titanic advances of medievalism possible, real, and substantial resistance and reformation. I'm George Grant on the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. For more information and for resources, be sure to go to georgegrant.net.